Hey, thanks for checking out the Good Advice Podcast, and this is round three. This is where we bring back not just my favorite guests, but some of your favorite guests. And on the show today, we have Allegra Stein. Allegra's original episode was one of the most downloaded episodes of the year that it was posted. I think it was back in 2020, 2019. I can't remember. Uh, She is an amazing professional. She runs her business, AllegraStein.com, where she helps coaches and consultants actually do better with their business and have fun doing it. If you're a coach or a consultant, you've been thinking about how to get your business off the ground running while not losing your soul to the business world, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. You also need to check out her program, Misfit to Maverick. Again, you can find out more at AllegraStein.com. All that to say, I love sitting down with Allegra again. So many great conversations with her. And again, if you're a coach, you're especially going to love this episode. Hey, stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're sitting down with a not a round two conversation, but a round three conversation with one of my favorite people, Allegra Stein. And first of all, you got to just hit pause, go check out AllegraStein.com. She is brilliant. She's amazing. And she helps people really take their passion for coaching, their passion for wanting to share uh, your own expertise and release it to the world. And her her gifting is to help you develop that into an actual, sustainable, meaningful coaching practice, a model that actually works. Uh, she's been on the podcast a few times or a couple times now, and she's absolutely one of my favorites. She's, of oh. course, one of your favorites. Allegra's past episodes have been some of the most high, uh, some of the highest performing episodes on the podcast in terms of just raw downloads. And so absolutely, as we start off 2022, uh, I am so excited to have Allegra here on the show again. Allegra, it's great to have you here. Listen, us Teach for America people have to stick together. To I totally thin, forgot. Like. That is a connection. You know, it's so <laughs> funny how this, this, it's so, I don't know if it's like in a positive or a negative, like, you know, like you've been to a war and then you like find someone else who like also went to war. <laughs> oh, it's very much. But like I was, my wife and I, we were having uh, dinner with another couple uh, a couple months ago and I was like talking to the husband and I was like, Hey, yeah. So what did you what did you do before what you do now? And he was like, Oh, I did like this teaching gig. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. What was it? And he's like, Oh, you haven't heard of it. It's called teach for America. And I was like, <gasps> actually, actually, I have heard of it. And we actually did the same Institute. We were there at the same time. And so I'm like, how did we not run into each other? But oh my gosh. That's crazy incredible. connections. So yeah, I think about that experience all the time. It was, it was a life-changing transformative experience. And so whenever anyone's even just teaching in general, I just have, all through the past two years, I just am grateful the perspective I have on what teachers do. And mm-hmm. it's completely, um, yeah, it's just a really valuable lens to have. So I'm always a fan of connecting yeah. teachers and Teach for America is a is a singular experience in terms of how quickly it moves you into that ecosystem. Right. So always. Yeah. You know, I kind of go back and forth on like, okay, did I really like in terms of like pleasure, did I like that experience or did I not like that experience? And I think what I keep coming back to is just like 
kind of what you said, like the sense of gratitude of, I got an experience and I got a perspective that I otherwise would not have had. And I, I think that's good for all of us. Even, you know, those of us who are listening, you know, it's so easy in today's culture to just like make blatant statements about certain things and other people. And um, I don't know, the power of empathy and the power of insight is um, something that seems to be continuously working in my favor whenever I allow it to happen. 100%. So, well, hey, let's talk a little bit about you. So, you know, you've come on the podcast a few times. Um, This is your third time now. Yeah. What's new with you? What have you been working on? Well, I think I think the first time I was here, I was talking about UMAP because I had been certified in UMAP with Kristen Sherry. She's been a guest on the show. Um, and I was doing UMAP coaching. And then uh, I, I believe at that time, I had really shifted towards doing UMAPs for coaches. And that whole kind of insight and moving in that direction reintroduced me to the world of coaching. I mean, it's not a world I've ever left. I've been coaching now for almost a decade. But when I decided to start running UMAPs with coaches, it just brought me back into that dialogue. And so um, I've started working with coaches, mentoring coaches, teaching a lot. And as a result, a lot of very strong points of view about the coaching industry and <laughs> the experience of being a coach really started to surface and crystallize not only a reflection of my own experience, but just being in the room all the time with other coaches going through that. And then, um, and then the community that I run misfit to Maverick opened in October of 2020. So -hmm. it's been almost a year and three or four months. And that's still the place where I spend most of my time and where I love doing my work. And that just kind of amplified, um, amplified the what I my perspective and the help that I want to offer really incredible people who want to move into the space of coaching and being coaches and are getting incredibly overwhelmed by what that actually means it's kind of a a, a it's a it's a loud place to be yeah and, uh, so a it's all it's a big combination of things I like I see myself in them and so I want to share everything I wish I had known but at the yeah. same time, like I feel this urgency to kind of disrupt and rebel and try and change the 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 narrative that I think a lot of people hear and are kind of lured in by when it comes to coaching. And yeah. So, so so first, if you're my keyboard typing, I was pulling up our last episode because I wanted to see the date on it, and it was October fifth, twenty twenty. Um, ah, oh my gosh, right we, we, need to get, we need to get on this podcast more than once every year. I will come anytime. You're will. such an amazing guest. Um, <laughs> you're such but, an amazing host. So we both win. Just looking at this, because I, I remember you were talking about Misfits to Maverick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, running the Misfit to Maverick website. I think you're yeah. about to launch it, something like that. And um, so it's great to hear that it's still up and running yeah. and still a, a really fulfilling part of your practice. But I want to go back to something you said a second ago um, to changing the narrative around mm-hmm. coaching. Um, and 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 I apologize for being so scatterbrained, but I get so excited when you're on the podcast. I also like, I'm just going to like put this on a shelf for us to see it so we can go back to this. Okay. Um, I also think it's so incredibly valuable that you've been in business 10 years because mm. it, it feels like the journey of entrepreneurship 
is is such a long game and there's so much that evolves in your practice and like i I think i think all of our timelines are so short it's like it's like oh after six months i'll i'll know it all i'll have it all right but i keep talking to people who it's like oh year three is when i really learned about this year five is Mm -hmm. when it really clicked like this part of my business so i'm putting that on a shelf because i really want to go back at some point yes 10 years biggest insights, the journey, all that stuff, putting that on the shelf back to what I wanted to to talk about a second ago, the narrative. You said you're excited about changing the narrative. You want to help coaches, maybe who are a little bit um, newer to the industry, maybe even naive. That's my words. Mm. Um, Tell me about like, what are you talking about? What are we, what are we wanting to change here? I think that the art and the craft of coaching has become so interwoven with the business of coaching that it's almost impossible for a human to say, you know what, like, let's say, let's say a person hires a coach and gets coaching or, you know, it's called coaching, whatever support. And as a result, they're like, I'd like to give this to other people. You know, I'd like to do this for other people. It's this very pure, vibrant, energized, inspired desire to help another person in the way that they were helped. And I I don't know of any other industry that's like this, though maybe it shows up a lot in like entrepreneurial circles. You cannot look into being a coach without immediately being bombarded with the business of coaching and like building a business. And so it's almost, you know, I was talking to my coach about it yesterday. Like I look at other industries, for example, let's say hairdressing. And let's say someone decides, I'd like to be a hairdresser. I like talking to people. I love the creative art of it. I like helping others feel better. So I'm going to go to a hairdressing school. Hairdressers, there's like a period of apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. Hairdressers first become junior hairdressers. They oftentimes work in salons for a while to kind of get the lay of the land of how a salon is run. Before Now, I'm sure there are some people who are like, well, I'm going to get my hairdressing license and then immediately open up my own salon. But I think in a lot of places, there is this really important, creative, experimental, um, dynamic, evolving, emerging gap between the art and the craft of the coaching and building a coaching business. And I, that gap, I think is not, I'm curious your thoughts. I just think it's not uh, yeah, nurtured. I, it's not supported. And so what happens is I meet a lot of really incredible coaches who earn their certification. Let's say they're like, cool. I just learned this coaching framework or this particular tool. How do I build a business? Yeah. And it's, I am trying very hard to kind of give coaches the space to, to, have permission to try a lot of things on for size, to experiment and to play. It is a wildly creative industry. And I don't know, I just see, you know, it was suggested to me like that something happened when coaching went online, that it just became. And so when I talk with coaches, the issue, the the problems and the struggle are rarely about actually the art of coaching. Mm, (laughs) It's more about, the business and the clients and the money. And this, this ties into the thing you and I have on the shelf about the, the expectations of how quickly things happen. Right. But I've just, I'm, I, I'm trying to take a stand for 
this period of time. It's this very important stage between I'm so excited to help people. And now I'd like to build a business. It's like, yeah, that gap. It, I, I really want to like bring it to life and create a space where that's encouraged, and that's what I'm. I'm trying like to do. Dilutes the um, experiential. Um, you know, it, it, indulging almost is like uh, the wrong word because it makes it seem like you're you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, I guess. But like in, indulging your crafts and like exploring yes! like your. That's a great word um, for it. I'm gonna write it, that down. It, it actually reminds me of an example you gave on the last. Uh, time you were on the show yeah. and it was so good that I cut it as a soundbite. And now I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to find this because I loved this soundbite. But you talked about like, um, this is going to, you're going to hear this and you're gonna be like, wow, that's brilliant. I'd be like, okay, yeah, you said it. This is like literally everything you said, but the way you described it, and I think this is going to make it really tangible for the listeners is you talked about like someone goes to like baking school you know, oh, uh, uses uh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Made up baking school and they come out of baking school and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna be a baker. And then like, you know, some dude rolls up and is like, Hey, jump in. We're going to go start your baking business. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. You know, but you, you never actually like get in the kitchen and like roll the dough and like feel it like with the flour on your fingers yeah. and like start to like play. You never burn play. anything. Yeah. You're never encouraged yeah. to burn it's, anything. It's, 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 it's like there, we lose sight of the, um, the, the, it, and it's also like, I have a friend of mine who's a, um, like a woodworker. And he talks about like how so much of it is like, even when he's like joining two pieces of wood together, which seems so simple. Oh. It's like, it's like, oh, these don't line up perfectly. Oh, it's because like five steps earlier, I did this yeah. wrong, but like without doing it and experiencing it, he can never really hone his craft. Um, anyway, this is all you, by the way, I, <laughs> this is but my example. This is your example. And I thought, I thought that was so brilliant. It was like, right. I get that. Well, and it's not, I mean, it's, I, I really appreciate your input on it. You're in this world too. You're connecting with and talking to people who want to usually, you know, have a craft, but also make it a job and a career. And there's something accelerated in the coaching industry. There's some, there's this, and it's messaging, it's the narrative, it's the marketing, it's the you can make 10, you know, you can be a success in six months. Like there is this. So I don't fault people for that. I felt that I thought, you know, I have been in that world too. And there's just that idea of indulging your craft, honoring it. And Ooh, and, I like that. Yeah. And, and taking some time to build confidence in and find your own coaching style. Like that's a big thing too. I don't know if you've read, have you read any Oliver Berkman? Like, uh, no. It, okay. I know it's not related to the, to you it's not related to the Berkman assessment. I'm sure. His name's Oliver Berkman. There are two books that yeah. I've read recently. One is called the antidote to happiness. And then his latest book is called 4,000 weeks. And it's all about just our approach to time. And <clears throat> One of his chapters is all about the importance of patience and about like doing little things over and over again. And he has this phrase in there, and I don't know if he coined it, but it's um, originality follows unoriginality. And he cites like a bus system somewhere in Europe where the first like 10 blocks, all the buses go on the exact same route. They'll do the exact same thing. And then when they cross the river, they all branch off and start doing their own things and 
it's that it's that period of and i think this is true for any art form any anything that period of that buffering of practicing i talk about practice all the time with my clients i'm like what can we practice today what can we experiment with today and i i hope if any coaches or anyone listening who's like newer in the journey who's maybe in the first year or two or three even um give themselves the space to try things out, but then find their own way. And it's similar to the baker. You know, I come out of baking school, I have these recipes. I'm going to start cooking them, but guess what? In a couple of weeks, I'm going to decide to like throw in a different ingredient, or I'm going to hear about a cookie over here and like grab this thing. My, my willing to practice on the front end is what's going to create that special sauce on the back end, right? The originality. Right. And it's at that point, that's when I think that experience and that knowing and that confidence is in place to say, all right, now I'd like to talk about opening my bakery. Yeah. But man, if that moment comes too early, I just find it's like a tidal wave that just kind of saps sometimes the spirit and the vibrancy out of really incredible people who can help in such powerful ways. But it's like, it's washed away into this world of like, how do I build a business, build a business, build a business. Right. right. Well, I, so, and I, I don't know. For me, it, 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 I mean, I, I don't, I don't fault someone, I guess. And I know you're not either for like, no. like I have a gifting, I have a passion and in a true entrepreneurial way, I want to now take this and make money out of it. Right. Like, like I, I get that. I mean, it's, it's why I left. I mean, I was already in a coaching practice anyway, but it's why I started my own business was because I, I I enjoyed the idea of freedom and I enjoyed I felt like I had more control over the people I was helping in more meaningful ways. But I think it I think this is even just true outside of like coaching. I think entrepreneurship in general we have such a narrow timeline and maybe this mm. is a time to jump back on that shelf. Yeah, um, we have such a narrow timeline that like for example I think about like um, I was talking to a guy just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how we got on this subject, but um, sushi chefs, sure, like like authentic sushi chefs, like not like the random person who um, you know works. I don't know. I I, I, don't, I can't even example, but I'm talking about like the ones who like. Um, well, we were talking about we were talking about that documentary on Netflix. Oh, I think it's Zero Dreams of Sushi, and it's, it's all about show. like the culture of sushi and like decades of honing your craft in like the the meticulousness of it and the just the attention given to it. And then like the success in business follows after that. Right. And it almost feels like sometimes we get this backwards where it's like, yes, run the business, make a lot of money, yada, yada. And how do I put like the bare minimum of attention to the actual expertise part of it? Um, And I I think it is a lot related to the narrative that you said of like, we're inundated with ads, we're inundated with people who are saying things like, you know, hey, I was a server in a restaurant and I started my coaching business. And I I just saw one the other day. It's like the, um, I I don't know how to describe it, but it's like the obnoxious like gratitude posts where the person (laughs) is like, I never knew that I would be, you know, closing the year out on $4 million just Yep. After four months of you know quitting my job, it, you know, and it's it's 
blatantly designed to get people's attention. But I think what it does even subconsciously is it narrows that timeline where we think, I don't have time to right. to, to practice. I don't have time to indulge because I, I, you know, wow, my business only made 20 grand this year. Like I'm supposed to be a millionaire by now. Right. Yeah. So like, I think it, it gives this perspective that we don't, we're not allowed to indulge because of that timeline. And then you over here, you know, over a decade of, you know, coaching with a hoodie. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> I have one on today. That's know, right. Yeah. You know, and I so don't know if you're recording this in a video, but I'm wearing my hoodie. Everybody. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, I just like blurted a, b- a bunch of random stuff. What What are your thoughts? Oh, I think that's, I think you've, you know, and I appreciate you qualifying it. I I'm, I have to be really, I can get very passionate about it. And it's my passion for it comes from working with people who I see struggling with it, who, who I am trying to help unlearn some of these things who are, who I see the relief and the relaxation come into their bodies when I'm like, you know, you can change this, right? Like, you know, you can, you could decide tomorrow to do something new. You know, you can, you can run like just putting ideas on the table and they're just like, oh my gosh, really? Like, really? I can take my time and have fun and not try and build my business and just start coaching. And so my, my enthusiasm, um, I have, I don't want it to come across as absolute, obviously. Sure, like yeah. there are incredibly valuable parts of this entire picture, and I don't want to diminish those. It's it's um so it's a very like particular thing that I'm trying to point in the direction of. But the je- the overarching piece is like when I connect with someone who's very new in the coaching space, I just try and say, take as much time as you can to play as much as you can with your craft and prioritize experience. And like talking to people and, um, you know, lately I've been, I, I, like I mentioned, I talk a lot about practice. So this is an interesting one too, is I'll often, I'll talk with coaches and I'll say, what is it you'd like to do? Well, I'd like to get paid and create clients, right? How do I get paid and make, get clients? And I have really taken the stand that creating clients and getting paid is the result of something. Right. It it emerges. I use this word a lot. It emerges on the other side of something else. And can we please turn our attention to this something else? And that something else is typically practicing, talking about what coaching is, (laughs) practicing, inviting someone to a conversation or a workshop that you want to do, practicing, letting people know your point of view on something like this collection of practices that if that becomes our goal, if instead of like, Oh, how do I create clients and get paid? It's like, how can I practice today? Telling some people about what I do or inviting them all these foundational things. I, I try and put language to, I just try and I'm like, I just invite you to trust that if you just start doing your work, like doing the stuff, on the other side of it, you will start to see those other things, much like you were saying in business, you know, it's like, it's very strange. It's very paradoxical. And I'm curious, actually, if you've seen this in other examples of people you've spoken to, it's the less we focus on the business, the more it starts to show up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it in the sense of like, even just personally, like you feel Mm -hmm. the burden of bills, 
Like I feel the burden of yeah. like, okay, I want to explore. I want to be creative. And yet, um, and, and this is a number of things, and this is not any like blatant judgment on anyone, but you have the lifestyle that you want for better or worse. You have the bills that you have for better or worse. Yeah. And you, you feel the burden of, okay, yes, I want to play. Yes. I want to explore, but I also know these looming things that, um, I have to take care of. And so I think, I think that's, I think it's not just social media. I think it's also like that very literal rub Yeah, that you're like, oh, I, I feel the weight of that. And, and I, I don't think that's just, just true for coaching. I think it's for anyone who's an entrepreneur. And I think it's all the more reason, like I spend a lot of time giving advice to people that to me makes a lot of sense, but I've had people call me out and say, mm-hmm. no, you're, you're being fear-based. Like you're being, which that's another kind of um, like, which by the way, for our listeners, I'm all about like <laughs> abundance. I'm all about like build the life you want. I'm not being a downer, but I, I like, here's a really great example. Like someone says, Hey, um, let's just take coaching just for the sake of the example. I just started my coaching business. I don't have any customers. Um, how do I get more customers? And someone else comes along and says, Hey, you need to run ads. Um, just start running some Facebook ads, set it at like $300, $400 a week. And um, that's the easiest way to do it. And then I come in and I, I say, Hey, uh, no, don't run ads. You don't have any concept of what. You know you want to be a coach, like you have like the generic what, but you don't know like like what are you coaching? What does that look like? Like why do you want to do it? Like what is that? How does that passion actually like illustrate itself out into the actionable? Like what does that actually mm-hmm. look like? You're just dumping money into something that you haven't had the you haven't given yourself like the space to explore in. And then I've had other people be like, why would you say that? Like why would you be such a downer? Like they just need to get customers, and so like. This is kind of what I'm getting at is, is, you know, it's, it's, there's this, this rub, this narrative there that I think is pushing on people in a bad way. And I think when we talk about the game as a 10 year game, you know, yeah. as like, as like a 10 year grind, which yeah. that's another word that people have been like, it's not a grind. You're like, I love my life. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> you like, I'm just like, give me a break. But like the 10 year game, it's like, it's understanding that. You know, sometimes to help with those looming bills, when you when you paint out the journey as long term rather than I need to be like, you know, mortgage sustainable in the next two months, like maybe from the get go you can be more tangible or, or be more practical. And so I think I think, and I don't know how much this happens with your people, but like starting the coaching practice out as a side hustle, so you have this you have the space. It's like yeah. okay, I don't. I'm allowed to explore now because I don't have to. My entire lifestyle isn't contingent on me selling, right? And so, like, I, I think, I think when we're wise about it, when we're smart about it, we have the space to play like that. But I think it's hard right now because so many people are just like, yeah, just. I mean, because this is. Sorry, I'm like totally rambling here. I'm just like grabbing all like these I'm random, just like unlocking all these, well, all these just random thoughts that I'm thinking of. Because when I started my business. I mean, I dumped something like 15 to 20 grand into advertising, into marketing, because I had another coach who was like, yeah, 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 just just run those ads, just do that. Hey, yeah, spend 5,000 here. And I didn't, even though I had worked in a coaching practice, I didn't know like Blake the coach, like me individually. Right. And so I, I think if I had reframed it or had someone like you who reframed it, I wouldn't have 
spent so much money. And more importantly, I wouldn't have felt the pressure of, Mm. okay, now I've spent a lot of money. How do I bring in more to sustain like this crazy money beast that I've created? So yeah. In in scene, <laughs> it, well, it's well, and I think too, it's it's not as attractive, it's not as compelling, it's not, right. you know, again, going back to what I was, uh, I may have mentioned this, or I'm not sure, but it's like if you want to win a tennis match, you got to spend a lot of hours playing tennis. Yeah, you just have to play tennis to yeah. win a tennis match, and in some ways, I think of like. Creating a client is like winning a tennis match, but it's not presented as that way. It's not presented. It's presented as like, oh yeah, just create clients. It's like, yeah, yeah. no, that is the result of something else. And it's that something else that I love kind of mentoring around and helping yeah. kind of, um, I don't know if you use like, sometimes I like turning to the earth's Sorry. elements can you, for can you energy. Hear my, my kid's knocking on the door naturally Ooh, for a, a Zoom in. call. Well, I have it barricaded. That's why she can't <laughs> physically <laughs> come in the room. Hello. Um, but there. for our listeners, it's not a dog in a closet. It's just my child, not in a closet, <laughs> just in the hallway. <laughs> She's special. she is all of a sudden becoming very curious. Oh, <laughs> Who knows? Good, I hope my wife's somewhere. I, I hope she hasn't. You know, she's pregnant. Maybe she's in the bathroom. I don't know. But anyway, it's all good. All for is the well. listeners who hears like random knocking. That's what that is. What? Okay, so you 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 were on a great roll there. You started mentioning the elements, and then I interrupted. Continue. No, I like, I like, sometimes I like turning to earth's elements to describe the energy of something, right? So there's air, which is like very kind of imagination, wide ranging. There's fire, which is all about ambition and yeah, action, like passion or, water, yeah. which is emotional. It's more flowing and responsive. And then there's earth, which is really grounded. And I find that a lot of the mentoring that I like to do tends to look kind of like coming from air to earth. I am an ideator. So I love I love helping coaches come up with could lists of like, what could you do? There's lots of things we could do to get into action. Let's create some. And I'm an activator. So I really enjoy helping people move from that space of kind of overwhelm and imagination into what's just the very next thing. Like what's, yeah. what can we do? So there's this, um, I, I find that that's a very, uh, Sometimes the world of building a business is like, it means nothing. It's so, but we're so attached to it. I did a workshop yesterday on like coaching buzzwords. And there are so many buzzwords in the coaching industry that we just get fixated on to the exclusion of ever doing anything. It's, it's like, and I just, I just, I'm trying to break through that, like mm-hmm. in my community on the, the spaces where I show up and have conversations, I'm trying to like crack that a bit and bring coaches back as close as possible to the art again. And like, yeah. okay, we'll talk about, we can talk about niche or we can talk about building a business later. How about today you put a date on the calendar to host a conversation about a topic you're interested in and invite a few few people to come. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, I okay. And people start getting back into that, getting back into the cooking. They start baking again. And that's I just want to, I like helping people stay in that gap, that you know, place of indulging your craft, that space to explore. Because I think it becomes the foundation then for what 
maybe business building is going to look like on the other side, which I have a ton of respect for. Being an entrepreneur, building a business is no joke. And there are incredible people who have so much to teach about what that looks like and how. So all due respect for it. Um, And for coaches, some coaches anyway, I find what they're craving is a space to just be given permission to not have all that stuff figured out and to just be able to like practice and play and have some fun with our work. Um, Because I just far too often I see it getting snuffed out and it really, really, it really bums me out. Yeah. I mean, that that comments, the snuffing out, I mean, it's, it's not hard to lose your passion. I mean, yeah. it's, or forget why you even got into coaching in the first place. And I, I do think that's true for everyone as an entrepreneur is there is so much noise out there, so much narrative and, um, you know, social media has always been the place of comparison. And so it's also not hard to become discouraged <sighs> as huge someone else with a seemingly, I can't remember if I've told you the story before, but I remember my wife and I, when we were first married, um, really had a lot of conflict. And I remember after like one particular fight, she, which we never really fought, but like an argument, she like blurted out, like everyone else's marriage is so beautiful on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, no one live streams their fight, you know? I mean, it's, it just is what it is. Right. And so I think a lot of times there is so much, I mean, I mentioned the obnoxious, like gratitude post. Um, that's like, that's actually like the subtle sell. Um, I think for many coaches, because there are very many of us it is not difficult at all. The mental game of I'm not there yet. I feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, in year three of my practice and I'm not a mega millionaire, which I, I think someone who has that thought, it's not necessarily because they're motivated by money, but it's just like these are like the baselines that people yeah. are constantly, you know, are you at seven figures yet? Or th- another way I've seen it described is, you know, do you have, you know, five high ticket customers a month coming in, like things like that, these like random baselines that get these, these milestones that get thrown at us. Um, it does seem like it can be hard to not get discouraged or get um, lose sight on the pleasure of your craft. Yep. Well, and what the, the, what I, what I've realized is that all of that stuff is confused with coaching. And that kind of comes back that the art of coaching is different than the business of coaching, but they've almost become synonymous. Mm, And and that's, that's what I'm trying to tease apart. Um, If I can offer it, you want to hear one of my latest metaphors since you like the baking one, you may have seen it. I put a YouTube video up about it, but I, I had this insight while I was walking in the park. So I took my phone out and I just recorded this video that, that coaching, just the word and the idea is like cooking. Okay. They kind of live in a similar category of like labels, coaching and cooking. And just like there's no right, one right way to cook, there's no one right way to coach. And just like in cooking, you can go to lots of different culinary schools and learn lots of different techniques and approaches and recipes. Same too with coaching, lots of different certifications and tools and frameworks that you can learn, all of which combined together in each individual coach in really unique and interesting and cool creative ways. Now, when someone graduates from culinary school, so they go to a culinary school, for the sake of this metaphor, let's say there are two paths they can go down. One, they can go get a job in a restaurant where all they have to do is cook. 
They don't have to worry about the menus. They don't have to worry about if people are coming in the door. They don't have to worry about complaint. They're just cooking Mm -hmm. and they just get to cook all day. And yes, they're cooking under a chef, let's say they have to stick to a particular, but they're cooking and then maybe they're going home and cooking on their own and serving their friends and stuff. But they have this, let's call it an apprenticeship, a junior chef year, these gap years where it's just about practicing the cooking. The other direction that that person could choose to go is in deciding to open up a food truck because they're like, I don't want to work for anybody else, which totally get it. <laughs> we, all, we all get it. I don't want to work for anyone. I want to work for myself. So I'm going to go open up a food truck. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've known anybody who's opened a food truck and I don't, I have very, very limited experience with it. So I just picture this like, you know, okay, so I'm going to invest. I'm going to get a food truck. And now I've got a food truck and it's sitting on my driveway. And now what? <laughs> How do, now, like literally imagine it. You're, yeah. You've got the food truck on your driveway and you very quickly realize that running a food truck is a totally different craft than cooking in the food truck. And, but there's this, there's this belief like, well, I love cooking, so I'm going to get a food truck and then I'm just going to be, make it as a, right. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I, I love, I just refer to that a lot. Cause I think that's the, that's the blending that I see in the coaching industry is like, Oh, you want to be a coach, but 90% of all the stuff out there about coaching is actually about the business of coaching. Yeah. I, and it's become interwoven to where people will be like, I'll be like, what are you struggling with in your coaching? They're not talking about the coaching. They're talking about running the food truck. Right. And I'm trying to like, as I think about where I can be of greatest help, it is truly as close to that kitchen as possible. And just like keeping, you know, not getting too far away from, again, what inspires someone in the first place to start doing their work. Yeah. So, it's, anyway, it's, that's, that's what I've been playing it, with. I the think. way I kind of see it, it's, it's like a, um, uh, what's it called? Um, like a seesaw and and I'm not even in like on one side, you have like the business of coaching and the other side, you have the art of it. Yeah. And I'm not even saying it should be like, totally even i think actually it's what you were implying that when you start your business it should it should be like this it should be 90% um the art of coaching like yeah. the exploring the the all that stuff and like okay yeah and i'm also like the back of my mind i'm thinking about like how this might evolve into my business i think you're right like especially for newer entrepreneurs what's getting blared like a siren at us is is the other way. It, yeah. it is 90% business. Um, like I just had a guy who emailed me at the start of the year, which is always so funny. You can tell people who are like real. I mean, this is this is everybody, but I got an email like on the 29th or the 30th of December that was like, Hi, I'm I'm wanting to start my photography business. Um, how can you help me get my first customers? And and I didn't realize I was doing this in hindsight or at the time, but in hindsight, our conversation was like, well, that's that's a little bit cart before the horse because you know, something about like the photography business. Like, why are you doing it? Like, why are you excited about it? Um, and so the conversation becomes now totally about the art of photography rather than what he's thinking he should be immediately yeah. doing, which is I want to get customers. I want to, and again, I I get why he feels that way because it's it's how the narrative has been shaped. But I think you're onto something where when we when we indulge in that 90% art of our business, our that's not right. Art of our craft, yeah. the business is really what ends up following. 
it emerges. And, and I just circling back to something you said a little while ago that, that it's not about not, you know, sometimes I think people will hear that and be like, well, what? So I'm just supposed to do this for free. Like I shouldn't want to get paid. It's not that it's not that we abandon the moving in the direction of getting paid for the cookies that we're baking. Right. I can, it's, it's shifting how that's going to emerge. Yeah. <laughs> like what we can be doing to, for that to be the outcome. And I guess, I guess someone else might say, well, yeah, if you want people to come to your window, start putting out ads, right? You want people to come to your window of your future, put up ads, do all the stuff, go out there, brand, you know, all these things that are just business, business, business. Or I could say, you know, or it could be like, well, why don't you, you know, host, host a party next week and invite people to come and feed them and let the, and add, get their feedback and then do it again. And very relational that again, is most of the time you actually practicing the craft. And I would argue that both of those paths are going to get to the exact same place at the same time, if not sooner, when you allow yourself to focus on the craft more than you focus on the business. Mm. I mean, one could, you know, I, I was again, speaking with my mentor yesterday, she's like that shift in kind of intention and what we, where we choose to spend our time in the early years of our work quite possibly could lead to a more just like a, a, a the emergence of something on the other side much more quickly and certainly in a much more fun way mm -hmm. than, than if we get, than if the seesaw tips, tips the other way, I hope that's making sense. Yeah. yeah totally. I'm blending all these metaphors. together. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell if I'm like saying something brilliant or just totally rambling, but we're saying very, very brilliant <laughs> things. Like this is like, this is peak brilliance. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It reminds me also, um, this is a bit of a different, um, it's a bit farther out there, but in the startup world, um, I can't remember who first said this, but it, the, basically the statement is, um, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you released too late. Oh, and wow. it, the connection I'm drawing there is like, I think back to like some of my very first conversations in the coaching world. Mm -hmm. And I think about my personality is very candid, by the way, it's very direct. And I think about like, I think I was actually just randomly this would have been years ago, but I was going to sleep and this person, a conversation with this person popped in my head. And I remember being just so abrasive and being like, no, no, you don't need to do that. Like you need to do this. And it was in hindsight, like I'm, I'm remembering their face and being like, that person was uncomfortable. Like I was yeah. really, so I was like, I don't know why I was doing this as I was falling asleep, but I was like self cringing at like, oh, why did I say that to that person? But Going back to that quote, you know, being embarrassed, it's not, yep. it's not about shame. It's not about like, you know, feeling guilty. It's about understanding the beauty of the process of like, mm. okay, now I'm in year three, now I'm in year four, now I'm in year five. And like year one was bad. It was a bad product, yeah. but that's the beauty of it. It's like the iterating and the innovating and the experience experimenting, you know, and if it, I think sometimes we think we start a business and like, that's the final product, like, okay. Right. Let's do the food truck. I got my, I'm ready to cook. And like, you don't even know if one of your recipes sucks, right. <laughs> you know, if, if this food tastes terrible. And so I think, I think that's why I relate so much with what you're saying is yeah. people will say, launch the business, start the business, do the business. And for those of us who, who are listening, 
it's it's not bad to run a business. Obviously, this is a business podcast. I want you to make lots of money on whatever you sell. It's about not losing sight of that experimenting and innovating and uh-huh. iterating. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Again, I keep it's, feeling it's like I'm like rambling it. on somewhere, but you know what's so interesting too, and and I is is thinking back to where we started with like Teach for America. One of the things about Teach for America is that you don't have time to think about. You learn through doing. That's it. Mm-hmm. You get a 10-week summer school training program <laughs> with three or four other teachers trying to figure out how to write a lesson plan. And then you are put in it. Yep. And who you are as a teacher on that first day is markedly different than who you are on the last day. But the whole time you're teaching, you don't have a choice. You have to show up every day. And right. teach and be really, really bad at it and be horrible at classroom management and not know how you're going to teach and deal with this. And you're serving populations that have many different needs. And it's, mm-hmm. it is a, I, I, that just struck me as like what makes programs like that, I think, so invaluable is that it's, you got to learn it by doing it. There's no getting around that discomfort and that failure. I mean, Talk about cringe moments. I think back to my <laughs> earliest days of teaching. I'm like, who was I? What I can't believe I did that. But man, I couldn't have learned more quickly. Sure. It shaped my teaching career for the years following. Yeah. And I'm just clicking with that. That I'm like, that's and I, I wasn't getting paid a ton. I mean, I wasn't, I was entry-level teacher in New York City. I mean, it yeah. was, it was some lean years. But man, it w- it couldn't have been any more valuable in terms yeah. of what I learned as a result of it. And maybe that's part of what I'm craving in the coaching space too, is just like, let it be about the doing and the figuring it out as you go along, because that is what's going to contribute to the longest term sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I think joy in our work yeah. is because we kind of gave ourselves over to the craft of it for a while before we worried too much about like the bigger stuff outside of it. Anyway, I just want to put that on the table as we kind of my last insight is um, I had someone on the podcast, really awesome person who was talking about his own business, another startup. And I was like, so like, what's, what's the secret to entrepreneurship? And he was like, I think it's just don't die. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And he was like, he was like, no, but really like you're running the business long enough until it clicks mm-hmm. and, th- and then you can start to make money on it. And so he was like, for me, that was like year six of my business was like the first six years I was like exploring and figuring out and then it, and then it clicked. But you know, if I had spent all my money in the first six months, or I had put myself in a position like, you know, cause I think a lot of people are like, I'm going to quit my job. And cause it's very sexy when you think about entrepreneurship, it's so like, sexy, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go do this thing. I've always been dreaming about, which, which for the listeners is fine. It's, you know, I'm not, <laughs> not fear-based, but it's a lot of times I talk to new entrepreneurs where I'm like, I'm like, Hey, why don't you keep that job? And then just on the side, carve out a couple hours and explore a little bit. Like, what yeah. do you like about it? Like, what do you, what's fun about it? But I think giving ourselves the runway to explore Mm-hmm. It, it frees up the space so that we can do, we can explore the art of coaching or whatever our idea yeah. idea is um, rather than feeling like, okay, but I have to think about the food truck. Like I have to think about how do I run this thing? I don't have time to think about the menu. 
you know, um, sometimes I think that's self-inflicted a bit. Yeah, it is. And it's, and it's, and, and I think I'm a big believer in awareness these days. Like if we just bring awareness to it, I think it helps just, just, um, it teases things apart a lot, you know? So I try, like I mentioned yesterday, this workshop I did on coaching buzzwords and I'm like, what are some buzzwords you want to break apart? And, you know, I got some suggestions and nine out of 10 of those words had nothing to do with coaching and everything to do with the business of coaching. Yeah. And I was like, something is missing here that we were not, you know, and, and it, it kind of, again, just brought into sharp relief, this gap mm-hmm. that I'm really passionate about just upholding and taking a stand for and inviting people to stay in as long as they possibly can, because I really do believe that, that, on the other side of that emerges what we think we have to find another way towards, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, this has been a, it's been a great conversation. I always walk away feeling like, Oh my gosh, this person's like, I'm like, I just need to recommend everyone to Allegra. I mean, oh. so amazing. Such a great conversation. Uh, give us, give us the blurb about you know, what, what should people do next? Um, I mentioned AllegraStein.com. Um, what else do you want people to know who are listening and thinking like, I, maybe even, I, w- I even want to work with Allegra. Um, oh, what's next. If, if people re- if, well, if there are coaches who are listening, who resonate with this, these are the conversations and the mentoring that I'm doing every day over in the community I run. It's called Misfit to Maverick. You can learn more about it on my website, or you can just go to misfittomaverick.com. And those doors are open. You can join anytime. It's a monthly membership and you know, there's weekly calls with me. There's conversations all the time with that community. So that's a really great place to start. Um, I also, I have a podcast and a YouTube channel and I do monthly workshops that are open to the public. So if someone just kind of wants to taste things and isn't ready to dive in, those are Mm -hmm. also all found on my website. So I'm easy to find. I love connecting with people. Huh? What's the name of the podcast? Name of the podcast is the niching compass. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll put that in the description below too, for people who want to okay, check great. that out. Um, I found that podcasters, when they listen to one podcast, they like to listen to others. So I'll make sure <laughs> I link that too. Uh, Thank you. Allegra, it has, it's, it's always such a joy to have you on the show. Thank it's you so much for coming here. back. Uh, let's do round four before... Um, actually, by the way, you're only my third round three <gasps> conversation ever. Let's do round four. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to do a round four. And we won't wait a um, whole year. We'll yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. We'll look at sure. the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been great. And I I just so appreciate you. I so appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. It means a lot that you um, enjoy having these conversations. It's I, I, I love coming here and, and hashing it out together. So thank you again. Oh yeah. Well, Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put all the relevant links to following up with Allegra down in the episode description below. Uh, So make sure you check those things out. Also, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're brand new, maybe you've never listened to an episode before this one. First of all, welcome to the show. And second of all, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button, click the follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are and wherever you are in your business. And also don't forget, if you want to support this podcast, this podcast is totally ad-free. We don't have anything in it other than just you know, our amazing voices. And if you're listening, you're thinking, Hey, I want to support the podcast. I want to promote the podcast. You can go to our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice, where you can support the podcast for as little as the price of a cup of coffee, which in today's world could be 30 cents or $8. So I'll just let you discover <laughs> it there. 
Um, all that to say, hey, I appreciate you listening today. And that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later.